0: Hey, what's up, man? Uh, It's 1994, and uh, this was the first year that I heard the song Jungle Boogie because this was the year that Pulp Fiction came out, and that movie blew my mind. I think I was in high school, early high school, and uh, I was listening to Nirvana's Unplugged. And uh, right after I started listening to that, uh, I think Kurt Cobain killed himself. So it, and I, it all kind of happened at once, you know? Uh, th- things moved really fast in 1994. Uh, I also saw The Lion King. So I was definitely half man, half boy because I was appreciating ultra violent movies and Disney animated classics.
1: You were not on drugs for those?
0: For the,
2: for the animated classics?
0: No, no, mushrooms. no. no. Weed. Scrounging together 20 bucks to buy uh, a weed was still a big deal. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I think I was like seven. But for you, I can understand. You know? Okay. That's yeah. when you go in
0: with four people for a 20 bag. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I got five those those on days. it was, the, uh, yeah. was why the song
2: exists. And that math used to add up.
0: Yeah, and uh, hey, everybody, you're listening to Eat, Pray, Judge. <laughs>
2: and Just guess case. what?
0: In case you uh, don't recognize the third voice on the mic today, we have our lovely guest, Chanel Ali. Hey,
2: guys. Joining
0: us from welcome. Daddyless Issues. Thank you so, so much for pop- having me. Hey, you're very welcome. Yeah, and for anybody who is their first time listening, I'm Gabe Pacheco, Sammy yeah. Hamarde. Yeah, and uh, we, we uh, do this every week. We bring you a different movie and a different guest, and typically it's movies that we haven't seen uh, before and have been requested by our guests, so uh, today we'll be covering uh, Corinna Corinna, which came out in 1994, but let's, uh, let's delve a little bit more into that year before <laughs> we move on to the to the juicy plot.
1: 94?
0: Yes, sir. Um. I think you kind of nailed it on the
1: head. I was buying nickel bags uh, in high school, <laughs> buying and selling nickel bags in high school at that point. Uh, I think maybe freshman year of high school for me. Um, and uh, yeah, watching a, a wide array of movies, Natural Born Killers, Forrest Gump. I wasn't really into the uh, animation stuff. I, mean, I think I watched Little Mermaid on mushrooms once.
0: <laughs> wow. I had a little sister, so I right definitely went time. to see The Little Mermaid with her at Union Station in uh, Washington, D.C. Right. Wow. Yeah.
2: Wow. The Little Mermaid in theaters. That's right. <laughs> I can't. I can you barely know, fathom it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Our dad took us to see that.
2: That's and nice. I,
0: Sebastian the Crab was my, my first uh, introduction to the pickup artist mentality. <laughs>
2: We're going to say something else you know what i'm saying when
0: <laughs> when he's all like sha la 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 don't yeah. be shy he was very smooth yeah man but not
2: like too pushy you know right like right. he told the line he was yeah.
1: like not pepe lepew like uh right predatory yeah but he was a great dating
0: coach he was like hitch <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. he did better at the box office than
0: hitch oh yeah little mermaid uh-huh. but i gotta tell you man hitch is still a great it's a great film <laughs> hopefully one day we'll cover it here Sure. Yeah, Will Will Smith teaching that guy how to dance in the movie. It's oh, classic. classic. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh so yeah, well, how about you? What were you, you said you were like 6 or 7 yeah, years old? Yeah, I think old, I was Chanel? probably
2: like 6 or 7 in 94. Yeah. Uh-huh. That that ad, that math adds up. Yeah. And uh so I'm like second grade. I think I had just moved to California from Alaska. What? Which was a hefty transition. I remember when I got off the plane I had sweatpants on. <laughs> and that day it was 102. Wow. I'll never forget it was 102 that day. And I was like, switch, nobody prepared me, I don't know geography. Like, I just didn't totally understand what was happening. But yeah, um, I was living with my uncle at the time, and, you know, I was just like focused on school and life, but definitely was heavy into movies. Yeah, And I don't know if I saw Karina Karino in 94. I probably saw it a year or two after.
0: Sure. I'm just amazed that you were in Alaska. I I want to hear a little bit more about this.
2: Yeah, it was crazy. I I remember my school had a, like we're in second grade, we had an ice skating rink in the middle of the playground and you could rent ice skates for a recess and just go ice skate. And uh, during PE, we didn't do regular things. Like they taught us how to ski. We they had like a ski for like a pair of skis for every seven year old like I don't even know what kind of funding that is. Yeah. Um,
0: I just imagine like in Alaska what they do uh, like in three hundred they're like okay and now you've got to go out and find <laughs> yourself six huskies in a kennel and then <laughs> you have to you have to steal a sleigh yeah. and you have to create your own Iditarod sleigh husky team yes yeah
2: and when I first moved out there I remember my aunt gave me this like speech about walking to school because she knew I was gonna walk to school every day and she was like. If you encounter a moose, just run. Like, don't try to be friendly with them. Don't try to whatever. (laughs) They're going to grind your your bones into oatmeal. And for whatever reason, that phrase, bones into oatmeal, was so graphic to me. Like, I just saw a steaming porcelain white bowl with bones sticking out of it and, like, steamy oatmeal mixed in. I I don't know. It just, like, it scarred me for life and... Every single day, going to school and coming home, I was just terrified of running into moose. Like,
0: every day, I saw one of the, the Quaker Oat guy on the box. <laughs> I, I was thought, like, you. This is made... All this Quaker oatmeal is made out of uh, the bones of <laughs> moose-crushed children.
1: They
2: just that grind is it up. Fantastic imagery. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, would, that, would, that would stick with me for... It's probably going to stick with me now.
2: It taught oh. me a lesson. <laughs> a
1: lesson and I'll never forget. pretty right on, too. That's exactly what that animal would do. Also, I don't feel like a six-year-old would do anything to a moose besides. They're run.
2: huge. They're, they're, they're enormous. huge animals. And they're everywhere in Alaska. They're walking down the street. I remember one time I was late to school because it just sat in the middle of the street and like we just couldn't get around it. Yeah. So we just waited until he was like, All right, enough.
0: Yeah, my family I got a lot of family in Wyoming. And uh I think that Alaska and Wyoming share some sensibilities. You know, they're both kind of mountainous. Yeah. Uh, like a snowy terrain. And we would we see moose every time we go out there. Moose, multiple moose, <laughs> and, Mooses. yeah, moosens. And then we also uh, we see a bison, and a, mm. and that is just a tank on four legs. And when you get that close to, it, it's like that scene in Jurassic Park where the Tyrannosaurus's eye is right next to the side window of the car. The same thing when you see a buffalo. It's so big that uh, even though we weren't we weren't an SUV, and I thought this thing could just like crumple us like an empty Coke can.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And feel nothing.
0: And feel nothing on the inside or the outside.
2: And I also remember one time, we we lived on the other side of a forest. The school was on the exact opposite side of this forest, so you needed to walk around it. And one day, my cousin convinced me, we're going to take a a shortcut through the forest. We're going to do it. It'll be fine. We get lost. And then it becomes like, we're going to lose fingers. Like we're going to lose toes because it's so cold and this is so crazy. And I just remember feeling an incredible amount of fear for like my irresponsible choice as a seven-year-old.
0: Yeah. So when you moved to LA, tell me a little bit about that because that was also 1994,
2: right? Well, I moved to Northern Cali, which is like the Sacramento area. Okay. Yeah. Town. Yeah. California is huge. So it is very different, but um, yeah, it was, it was a big cultural shift. Honestly, there's a lot of black people in Alaska. A good amount of black people because of like Air Force and honestly prisons. Like, there's a lot of industrial things that bring black families out there historically. Um, So, transitioning to Cali was very different because I immediately was like the extreme minority. Like, I was the only black girl in the second grade, the third grade. When I transferred to that elementary school, like not just my class, like in every third grade class, it was just me. And like in Sacramento. Yeah. Right outside of Sacramento. Yeah. So was this
0: mostly Mexican or was it It all white people? I
2: I would say it was a good mix of white people and Mexican people. Yeah. Um, Definitely a good, we definitely felt like black people were the extreme minority in that area. Sure. Um, But yeah, it was a cultural shift, um, but it was good. I I feel like I got a, a good education in California.
0: Yeah, and were you staying with the same family when you moved there?
2: I was, yeah. yes. With my uncle, yeah.
0: Right on. Well, uh, yeah, so you were you were little in 1994. Uh, I was I don't a baby, know. really. Yeah, so that's why I was trying to keep it real personal, because I don't know how much like <laughs> right? you were just steeped in pop culture <laughs> at, at that time. Northern you know?
1: California is where I saw my first free-roaming bison. Oh, yeah. late San Francisco, Golden Gate uh, Park mm-hmm. has five to seven uh, buffalo that
2: they just Barber. belong to the park. Yeah, they yeah. just walk around. And I mm-hmm.
1: randomly was driving by one day and I, there was six of them
0: standing there. It was, it was impressive. That's amazing. Well, pretty, pretty. Who knows why they, they are there? No, <laughs> like, we I'd we love to hear the them. history. Of... We just yeah. need them. Yeah, yeah. They're, Every city should have a couple.
2: Yeah.
1: They are genocide reminders. I <laughs> <laughs> like to keep you, keep you honest.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, you know. Also, what, what this year? Um, Michael Jackson got married to Lisa Marie Presley. Mm.
2: <laughs> so, how,
0: how's that for a <laughs> I remember odd seeing, couple?
2: I remember seeing them do that statement on MTV. Super, remember? Yeah, yeah, right. And I remember thinking, like, is this what you have to go through to? Get people to leave you alone? Like, do you have to marry someone to and pretend, just pretend? You know, like, is this what it costs? <laughs> you know? Well, that's what I feel like
0: the uh, Cory Booker, Rosario Dawson um, thing is right now. Yeah? They're saying that they're dating. And oh, I'm like, what? what? Like, I've never seen a picture of the two of them together yeah. in any place. That's
2: very suspicious. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. So And yeah. I love Cory Booker, but come on, those jeans. It's like, yeah. how, <laughs> how are you out here pulling Rosario? Right. How did how did ah. she uh,
0: transition from uh, an Eric Andre to, uh, <laughs> to Eric
2: a Andre? Cory Booker? She was looking at Cory Booker's tweets one day, like, this guy's insightful. Like, I think we could connect. Yeah,
0: I'm vibing. You I'm like vibing stuff. with yeah.
2: this. I like his little picture. Oh, wait, those <laughs> jeans. The
1: Foreman Grill. The George
0: Foreman oh, Grill was classic. released in 1994. Uh, the George Foreman Grill was my, my introduction to cooking. Was it? Yeah. That was my first step to becoming Ju- uh, Julia Childs, you know?
2: I do think also, like, for black households, uh-huh. the, the the George Foreman Grill was an event. It sure. was like watching the infomercial, you know, just debating over the, the if you're actually going to purchase it, purchasing it. And then it became like everybody got one. <laughs> like, we bought one for my cousin. She, like, graduated college or she graduated high school. We got one for... Her daughter, like everybody was getting a grill. It became, you know, a thing.
0: It's a phenomenon. And I I, I don't remember what life was like before the George Foreman grill. Because I think throughout my, from 1994 until about 10 years ago, (laughs) I have had a George Foreman grill. Like my family had two. Two. Yeah, grilled cheese sandwiches, steaks.
2: Chickens. Hamburgers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, whole chickens. Whole
2: chickens. <laughs> yeah. Put them in there. Just keep trying to close it until you that's get ambitious. it. That's ambitious. Yeah.
0: Um, how did that work out? Well, you can get different sized George Foreman grills. You know? <laughs> that's in, true. They come in all did shapes. You went, you went with industrial? Yeah.
2: They <laughs> have the George Foreman bucket. Uh,
0: I, I'm going to name all of my, my children Gabe. You should. have <laughs> <laughs> 15 Gabes. You should, yeah. Running around. There's no rules. Oh, that's such a bizarre yeah. thing to think about. <laughs> that he named all of his sons George. Did he have a daughter? I hope so. Georgina. I bet. Probably. I did. Probably. I have got, uh, my aunt is named Georgia and my grandmother was named Georgia. Oh. So there you go.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, Ninety. what else happened in 94? Fun stuff. Uh, Liam Neeson turned on the role of uh, uh, James Bond because he didn't want to do action movies. <laughs> so he's a hypocrite
0: <laughs> in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well let's you know, just a couple years and an IRS chased later. He's uh he's doing taken. He's making sure action is. he's he is the action star now. He's, he's Nicholas Caging.
1: Crayola released scented crayons but had to retire the food scented ones because Because uh, <laughs> we all know why. According <laughs> yeah. to parents, uh they complained that the kids said they smelled good enough to eat, so a lot of just uh painted faces for yeah basically the next two years. Crazy poop.
2: <laughs> Like that's probably what the real issue was. Yeah, like yeah. parents were like, "Oh, this is nasty. like
0: this is gross. Yeah, like, stop doing. Walls. Yeah, waxy dumps. Yeah. Just clogging all of the toilets His in the house. His shit
2: is red. It's red.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, is, he die- is my son dying?
2: I'm sick of it. <laughs> the worry. You guys make these taste not as good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, some of them
1: smelled so good, mm-hmm. I and mean, I remember that vividly. Yeah, exactly what all of them smelled like. The only one I didn't care for was chocolate. I, didn't, I feel like that's the one they didn't get right. Mm-hmm. But that was the first one that people went to eat. I,
0: I, I'll i bet my <laughs> Probably. It was, that was definitely the first one I went after. Corinna, Corinna, everybody. Mm-hmm. It came out in 1994. And for anybody that hasn't seen this movie, uh, well, I, <laughs> hopefully you have seen it if you're listening to this. But if you haven't, uh, Chanel, thank you so much for recommending it because this was, this flew totally, 100% underneath my pop culture radar. Wow. I do remember seeing
1: ads for it now, in, in, in hindsight. And I always thought that Ray Liotta and Whoopi Goldberg would be an interesting pairing. Both are very talented actors. Mm-hmm. I mean, Whoopi Goldberg is is outstanding. I mean, she's, she got it Not a lot of people do that. Right, so, right. Emmy, Grammy, Extreme, Oscar, and
2: Tony. Yeah, extremely very, talented performer right? oh, across yeah. the oh, board.
0: Cool. Yeah, I know her uh, best from Star Trek The Next Generation, but also from uh, where she plays... Um, you know, uh, is it in a cantina that she exists on that show? In, in Star oh, Trek. Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, I Whoopi Goldberg. But then also uh, Jumping Jack Flash. Oh,
1: oh dude, wow. There's a ton of stuff. Deep um,
0: cut. Burglar. Did, speaking of uh, Star oh, Trek Next yeah.
1: Generation, did you see the Data data uh, cameo? In this? Yeah. What? Yeah. In this? He was at the table when uh, Leota was pitching the one of the jingles.
2: He was uh, one of the businessmen? He was
1: one of the businessmen. Yeah. Wow. Really weird. I was like, how do I know that guy? At first, I thought it was the guy from uh, Perfect Strangers, Balky, Bronson Pinchot, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was he, Data.
0: This movie was incredibly hard to find. I mean, well, <laughs> <laughs> we, this—I mean, we, we had an issue before, I'd say, with uh, Strapped was very difficult because we had to watch it on YouTube. Yeah. But well, we actually had to stream that. But yeah, but this line. one, uh, you know, I, I was shocked that the only way to watch it now is to purchase it. Yeah. And uh, which which I did. Mm-hmm. So now I am a proud owner of uh, Corinna, Corinna. Yeah.
2: Honestly, I, honestly, that's one of the reasons that I was able to pick it and know that that, that it was true, that it was my favorite movie. It's because I'm like, I have never tried so hard to go purchase a copy of a movie multiple times throughout my life like I have with this movie. Yeah, so you had it on VHS at one point? Yeah, I'm sure I did. I think I first saw it probably like on HBO or something. Like They just showed it as one of the new movies in the rotation and I was just like you know just in, I just fell in love with the story and with the characters and then there were a couple of times in my life like one time I even was in California I had went to visit as an adult and was staying for a few weeks and I looked up a store where I could go buy this movie and I just went and purchased this DVD so I could watch it and yeah. I have access to it you know what a wonderful
0: time Remember when we used to have to hunt for the objects I had to call
2: stores and say do you have because I can't tell online
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Truly. Do you have this? So, well, yeah. And for anybody that, that hasn't seen it, the, a very brief synopsis of the film is uh, we've got businessman Manny Singer, who's played by Ray Liotta, and he needs a reliable nanny to watch his daughter Molly, who's played by Tina M- Uh In the absence of her late mom, yet uh, the early applicants are unimpressive. Molly has barely talked since her mother's death, and when Karina Washington, played by Whoopi Goldberg... Gets the girl chatting, she lands the job. Although some think their relationship is ahead of its time in the 1950s, African-American Karina and Manny, who is white, soon appear to be headed for romance. Boom. Boom. And that is a uh, synopsis from Google. Thank you, Google.
2: (laughs) And I gotta be honest, I think I always thought Ray Liotta was hot in a real angry way. Like, (laughs) do you remember in... um goodfellas when he like smashes this guy with the base of his gun yeah because he like assaulted his girlfriend yep as a very young child i was like hot <laughs> see <laughs> this yeah. guy does not care that, you know <laughs>
1: that, that's what did it for uh, his his uh his wife's character in the film she goes most most of my friends would have run away but, <laughs> she's like but i liked it she's yes like, born, right
2: like it. yep somebody asked me to hide a gun I was into it. She was like I just I was, she just like transitioned into that life so quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's that thrill. That mm-hmm. thrill
0: of being with somebody a the little bad dangerous. Boys.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Breaking
0: the rules. So Ray Liotta's got that that vibe.
2: He does, but in this he's not really a gangster. He's like I wear business a pants. Jewish jingle writer. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> op- it couldn't be more more of a polar opposite than just like Henry an advertising Hill. guy.
0: Yeah. Right. Um, o- almost feels a little unbelievable because, you know, the first thing you do is you meet his family, mm-hmm. which are, like, deeply, deeply shtetl, yes. like, immigrant Jewish.
2: And the, the guy who plays his dad, Don something, uh, this was his last film. The guy passed he, away. Yeah, right? before, he, before yeah. He, um, he passed, and he's, like, a classic, like, old man Jewish actor, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he yeah. He plays the old Jewish guy always.
1: Whenever I see Ray Liotta in films after Goodfellas, I always just imagine him as... Henry Hill in different periods of his witness protection. Yeah, <laughs> it does feel like that. It, it felt like that to it me. Like it like, oh, He went back in time. In mm-hmm. this, you
2: know... Karen, she just they took a break. Yeah. You know, Karen,
0: Karen, Karen, went went away for a while.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> I li- I like that. Like Henry Hill, he shows up uh, wherever this is in L.A. Mm-hmm. and they're like, "Here's your new bio," and he's like, um, "What? Manny Singer, Jew? Okay. Like, you like want I'll... me to
2: sing songs? <laughs> yeah." <laughs>
0: I'll try. Uh, but it, it, yeah, this uh, this uh, intersects a little bit with Mad Men. You know, Ma- mm. the show Mad Men, I think, is all about sort of this guy striving, uh, you know, creating uh, creating a new identity is kind of like, we call him a white man in this, but he is, he's also comes from this Jewish, he's like first mm-hmm. generation white. Like,
2: like he has some culture.
0: He's got some flavor. He he doesn't actually have the flavor. His family has the flavor. But <laughs> oh. you never hear him using any uh, Yiddish or... Yeah. Uh, Slang around his daughter, he's not really um it, uh transmitting that down the line to molly his girl
1: It's true, yeah, yeah, they never explained why the mother passed away did they
2: i don't think th- i don't think they really i think they just you know. She's Just
1: gone. She, she died. died. Yeah, yeah they,
2: I don't think they really get into it. Yeah. There wasn't a ton
1: of backstory here.
2: <clears throat> yeah, they don't really talk about like her being sick mm. or that kind of process. Like, I think the opening scene is like her funeral. It was, yeah, it was like the wake. Yeah. I think, right? Um,
0: yeah, it seemed really sudden because uh, throughout the movie, new items of furniture keep mm-hmm. arriving at the <laughs> house. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Very recent.
2: Like you can tell, like this is the whole the whole family is like grief stricken in a way that's it was unexpected to a certain degree and. Now they're unprepared to handle this this life shift, and I I really liked that um, Manny acknowledged right away like I'm ill equipped like I just can't do it alone. That's right. I kind of liked that because rather than him just like trying to f- all of a sudden figure out how to raise a young girl and how to cook and clean and meant like he was just like no I need help like I can't you know
0: yeah yeah well yeah and that, that job I mean. Worked. Sure, I mean he knows his job is what like nine to five, yeah, at every least, day at least minimum, yeah, right. And so you, it's it's impossible. And also in this time period, I, I don't think that there were even were baby Bjorn's for dudes, like <laughs> right? Like whole... he didn't have
2: the tools really <laughs> to even parent like that successfully.
0: <laughs> like, I, like even knowing how to communicate with a with a young daughter, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, what, what do I tell her? Yeah. You know, he doesn't even know how to talk about spiritual spirituality with her.
2: He has no idea how to even acknowledge death or (laughs) those emotions. Like he's like, I don't know. Here's a TV dinner. Like this (laughs) is what I have. This Uh, is all I know how to
1: do. It definitely feels like he sort of disassociated culturally with his Jewish heritage. Because remember when when uh, Karina made like a, a comment about God, or she pointed to the sky and said something. He goes, You can believe whatever you want. Just her mom was an atheist. I'm an atheist. Yeah. And so he's kind of branching out. I, right. think, I think new white was like a, the term you used, which I thought was kind of funny <laughs> never, I'd never seen that or even thought about well, that. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, uh, new, like the U.S. was, uh, I think, um, both racist and unified in a different way yeah. uh, after World War II because everybody went off to fight in World War II. And when they came back, there was this more collective sense of like, okay, like we, we're, we're this new society of uh, <laughs> homogenized whiteness, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. a new consumer culture. Um, and that's what he's part of. He's an ad man mm. who's like selling the American dream uh, and garbage toys like Jello and nonsense. Yeah, to kids. blow up dolls. I yeah. had the Mr. Potato Head. Punching you did? That. Yeah, I remember that so vividly. Such
2: a deep cut. I love that one.
0: I, that I
1: was like, wow, completely escaped my mind for however many years. Yeah, um, but weird. That was in the fifties. I am not. 78 years old just in case You can tell us
2: right. I would, I would pa- Every year it. his parents Pulled out a brand new t- This is brand new They bought yeah, it like true. Decades ago yeah. well, Maybe they were just we like it free. seems like
0: he's got Anger management problems <laughs> Right <laughs> Get him a little punching doll You know That kid fucking hates potatoes
2: <laughs> And and what about comedically Were you guys surprised At like the anecdotes And like even the fir- One of the first scenes When he's interviewing The potential uh, nannies I was like this is inappropriate and funny and awkward and...
1: I wanted to talk about the vetting process there. I was
2: like, what's about to happen, yeah. you know?
0: Dude, that was... Uh, well, I wrote that down as one of my favorite scenes. It's great. The the audition for all the lunatics yeah. that you right yes. into your house. <laughs> And Such a scary concept. If you think I about it, yeah. Like I don't have a kid, and I don't know what it what it means now to get a to get a babysitter. You mm-hmm. know, uh, is there is there an Uber for babysitters? Like
2: how many reviews do you have to go through and check references? Right. Like in, in one of the applicants was uh, Joan Cusick. So funny, and she seems like even just like her regular person seems like. Of course, she would be great with your kid, <laughs> and she immediately oversteps boundaries. Way She's above weird. And she yeah. like sneaks into the bed with him. Like I'm your, I'm doing all the things a wife would do. So, Shouldn't I'm, I get? And he's like, Jesus, my, so, I'm trying to take care of my kid, <laughs> and he, <laughs> you women won't chill. You know, I didn't yeah. think it'd be
1: easy for someone to be more out. Uh, like unhinged than the ventriloquist lady or the doll lady, yeah. But the Joan Cusack...
2: she took it up a s- notch.
1: Serial killer, to, uh, in that sense. That 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 lady with the doll was
0: crazy. What about the hyperventilating lady that had to put her legs, her head between her legs?
2: She's like, I'll be <laughs> better. She's like, I'll
0: be better in a second. Give me a second. I'll be right back. <laughs> I can rationalize that more than I can have all at the same jail as you
1: can. He's
2: like, that lady understands how to take care of herself. <laughs>
1: also, the, also, the close-ups, like his facial expressions
0: during that whole
2: process yes. were
0: kind of hilarious.
1: Very like, funny.
0: Now, uh, I, I
1: thought of casting
0: in this one for me with Ray Liotta. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my family moved to Washington, D.C. when I was one years old, and uh, I was a bony little baby that didn't eat food. So I looked real. I looked uh, like death camps skinny like after after my initial baby fat wore off i, yeah. I didn't need anything and i and around that time there were all of the salvadorian refugees moving to dc from uh, uh from el salvador, salvador. right yeah. because so this woman she took care of me and uh, i i don't even know um My mother's story about the, uh, the interview process is she interviewed like four or five people. And then this Salvadorian lady came in and saw me and was like, yo, this baby is going to (laughs) die and immediately started making, just cooking and making food. Just like
2: heavy cream. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: And, and so like, you know, feeding people, I think that's like tied an early imprint for me is being like forced into a high chair and Mm -hmm. just like force fed food. Yeah. And so now that's what I do with all of my my loved ones mm-hmm. is I, uh, I I constantly feed them and like yes. encourage them to get big and fat.
2: It's one of my favorite things about you.
0: Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's very old world of you, Gabe. I'm it very, is. I'm like an old world Jewish grandma. You're like, yeah,
1: like an Open Italian
2: your mouth. Whatever. I love you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <And you're> all <laughs> skin and bones, Gabe.
0: Yeah, shoving food down people's throats is my love language. That's called, that's
1: called hospitality.
0: <laughs> keep doing um, what you're doing. Um, yeah, but you, I, I identified with this movie and with. Uh, with Karina because I had a I had a Karina mm-hmm. who took care of me. You know my oh. parents were both alive, but they but this woman was the person who was yeah, my yeah. primary in the house. Mine mine was named Rosa. Rosa. Mine was yeah. Evangelina.
2: You guys uh, are cultured. Like I just I'm jealous. I don't I don't know I don't
0: know how <laughs> I describe what that is. We're <laughs> blessed and privileged. <laughs> yeah, my first was language monkey. was Spanish. Nice. I'll see. Mine was not. Yeah, Yeah. and we would watch like the Telemundo, equivalent of Telemundo. All day you did. Hell yeah, and then uh, I would wear this uh, this, uh, spaghetti colander on my head and march (laughs) around the backyard like I was in the military, and I was like, soy un Argentino. And my parents were like, whoa, we're raising a little fascist here. We got to put him in some English speaking uh, pre K.
2: It does not surprise me that you were a militant baby. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me
0: at Bony all. Bony and
1: militant.
2: You can't tell me anything. I, I know, speak I wish, two languages.
1: I sincerely wish Rosa had cooked more. Yeah. I would have liked to, like, to have been exposed to that.
2: You deserved it. Yeah. yeah
1: I, did. Po-
0: I worked hard for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you cry, I cried hard for these papooses. <laughs>
2: But, you know, I, I feel like a lot of times, especially in movies of this era, there's a lot of, like, characters like Karina Karina that are kind of like this mysterious, magical black being that comes in and has all of the answers. Yes. And I always really liked this movie in kind of like a juxtaposition to, to those movies because from very early on, she was very clearly imperfect, you know? Like, at the interview, she bombs it, she breaks something. He's like, get out of here, like, get out of this! thank you, you know? like Broke a lot of stuff. Yeah, like, she she's frazzled, and, you know, like, she's just not the norm, you know? And I just liked it so much, and I liked that she connected with Molly right away, even though they didn't do it verbally. But, you know, she was like, I recognize this girl's trying to get this thing off of the tree, and, you know, I'm going to help her, and we're going to have a... We're gonna, you know, we're gonna connect in a way that doesn't force her to to speak to me or us to get too deep, you know.
1: Yes, I, I got a very real deal, uh, like Mary Poppins vibe, but mm-hmm. like a real human being, and yes. I like how her her education because at this point, you know, as a black woman, like she she has a college degree, mm-hmm. and that wasn't very common, and you see how she, like, the judgment she gets from other people, even like her. I, I don't even know what the characters,
2: like her was, sister, was Her sister, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. But that actress
1: is amazing. She's the. Um, Mom, Anthony Anderson's mom yeah. in blackish. She's, she's so great. She's great.
2: She plays the mom on so many things. She's <laughs> the, oh,
1: perfect like mom. Yeah. Um yeah, she so she catches flack, you know. I I guess she kinda of labeled it as jealousy. She's mm-hmm. like you're jealous. Um, I thought that was an interesting like side note. They didn't dig too deep into what happened to her husband. Was she married? Or yeah, they,
2: I mean, she did say that she was married and that he had passed, but I don't think they really talk oh, so about I didn't, what happened. I didn't or, or actually, I, she actually said he went out and didn't come didn't back. Come back yeah. <laughs> he yeah, went out for had, a pack of cigarettes. Yes, Molly
1: Singer's character or Bonnie oh, Singer. Oh right. Like, did he die? Like, mom? And he, she goes, no, he
2: just never came back. So, and then she became uh, the the girl became obsessed with the idea of people going to get cigarettes and not coming back. Oh, that's you right. know, that's why mm-hmm.
0: she yeah, see. Right, right. This is a very good anti-smoking uh, movie.
2: Yeah, you guys gotta leave it alone.
0: Awesome retro uh, uh,
1: and lung cancer ad, which I didn't even know that they were pushing in the 50s mm-hmm. at that point, but they were mm-hmm. like, you can get lung cancer from it, and then... And then the guy goes, "Well, we can get you some candy cigarettes." And I thought we'd Gabe and I had touched on candy cigarettes. Yeah, family. I don't know. Do you remember those?
2: Hell yeah, I had some of those. I was all about that life. They were great. Yeah, I don't I, like. I can't even explain why Powdered to me sugar. it was so cool. But I was like, yeah, it's like I'm doing it because no, no matter not... what
1: anyone says, ultimately smoking does look cool. Yeah, I
0: remember it I was really a... just does. That's that
2: real shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know what it it's because you're 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 controlling fire. Fire is like this primal thing and the and the first man who had a fire or human that had fire was like a magician. Yeah. And so now you're just walking around and you've got this fire sticking out of your hand and, and you're, you're
2: inhaling you're... it and then blowing it out when you feel like you're it. Like it's
0: power. It. Yeah. And the smoke coming out of your mouth that's looks like a it, soul. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. makes it look the coolest. I used to,
1: when I was like a kid, I was—I think I was like in Syria for a summer. And my family, my mom's family, was from there, and I would literally take matches, light them, and then put them in my mouth like they were cigarettes. We, yeah, absolutely. yeah. And so it's just like I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm just a like the yeah mimicking everything that I see. I'm like, Dad,
2: absolutely, like, I want to smoke. <laughs> and
1: then uh, I went from like breaking his cigarettes because I hated smoking to uh, smoking them, to stealing them. <laughs> probably right around when this movie came out.
2: <laughs> probably you figured it out.
1: Nine four. Um, And how
2: often do you remember seeing like a black woman portrayed in a film like this with not just an education, but also a passion? Like she's passionate about writing about jazz and writing about music. It was just like, I obviously as a comedian, as even when I was seven, I thought, oh, I think I'm a comedian. Like, I think I remember internalizing that idea at that age and watching comedians in re- regular life and on stage and thinking I'm one of those people, you know, like I want to make art and do a thing. And so her character was so incredible to me because she had this passion and she was still like maintaining this job trying to, you know, pay bills and be a person in society, but she was like, "Man, I love music and I'm going to expose this girl to it." Like I could not explain how much the scene where she took Molly to a jazz club affected me as a young girl because I was like, first of all, I need a Karina. I need her. Where is she? Get over here. Secondly, take me to go hear some fucking jazz. Like, take me to a jazz club right now and let me sit there and just like, you know, take that all in because it just seemed like an incredible experience for a young girl and to to have an older woman share it with you. You know, like,
0: yeah, I wanted to, Whoopi Goldberg's character in this, Karina, is so um, cool, and in a way that, because uh, I was thinking about this, like, this magical Negro trope. Yeah. This, this, and then it's always like, we learn so much from her, and there's this sort of, when they write that stereotype, it's a character who's sort of, Inherently has this wisdom.
2: It's a bagger Vance guy, it's
0: a... yeah, like magical is the word. You yes, know? absolutely. Like some sort of homespun wisdom.
2: And then once they give you the wisdom, they'll just float away. It's like, you know? They're salt,
0: salt of the earth people. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's... but we don't see that with uh Not with her. She's too Karina smart. is she's. There's a reason for everything that mm-hmm. she's talented in. She went to college, right you know she is uh, well read she she's emotionally
2: is... intelligent, she understands yeah. how how to be compassionate and patient like she's even though the characters in the movie paint her to be magical, yeah, because she changes them a lot, yeah. she's really introducing them to humanity. Yeah, to like the basics of love and, and <laughs> like she's really not giving them an incredible like experience and and introducing them to, to actual magic, you know?
0: Right, and you said like you said Real she's flawed magic. in that you know she has her own demons and mm-hmm. she's blocked in places where you know so not being a perfect uh, person and then and then also seeing that how great she she is their equal in every way. Yeah, she's Manny's equal, but absolutely it is. It is both uh, race and gender that keep her um, outside of the realm of being the jingle writer. Absolutely, outside of being the person that can write those liner notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, see, but like the movie does a really good job of showing that she has that she has yeah. all of those skills.
1: Yeah, and the way she also interacts socially, there's no hesitation or anything on her part. I mean, nothing, nothing matters. Race, creed, color, <laughs> gender, just yeah. it just. When she invites two most endearing scenes to me were when she invites the uh, the waitress into the car. Yes,
2: like come on, take a load off. Adorable.
1: Yeah, really good scene. Kind of shows her who like who she is as a human being. Mm-hmm. Also, the one where she picks up she's late picking up uh, Molly
2: mm-hmm,
1: from and school. That shit that fucked me up because I remember my mom my parents parents from grad <laughs> school <I laughs> had me when they were young. Yeah, and they forgot me at school one oh time. Oh my god, two hours. Uh, still afraid of abandonment now. Yeah, I'm like, sure. so like, but like her the way she was like honking and waving when she's coming down the street. Like you felt she's like it. I'm like, sorry. It was, yeah, she, I'm
2: ca- I mean I'll I'm never, sorry. I'll
1: never leave you again. Like, yeah.
2: And you know, she, you know, she 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 like grabs onto her and mm-hmm, latches, on and, latches on, and on and she's she's still making jokes and being like yeah, yeah. really oh, I'm not gonna be able to get you out. Well all right this is how we are you know <laughs> like it was just so refreshing and she she recognizes within Molly that she's still suffering from trauma. And nobody else in the movie really recognizes that within Molly. Nobody else really says, oh, this is trauma. She's still dealing with the... They're like, ah, she's a young girl. You know, she'll be fine. And Karina, who's not related to her, really doesn't even have the place to say anything about what she should be doing with her life. Is like, hey, this girl is not ready to go to school. Right. We can't just throw her into the reality of hanging around other kids who have two parents when she has just had a whole life altered and now she has one parent. You know what I mean? So I just felt like she exhibited so much emotional intelligence that people judged her for in the movie until eventually it all came around. But, like, she's teaching Molly even. Like, this, this is how you deal with things. And sometimes you have to take a break and you need to. Go clear your mind. Like taking her to work with her and helping her clean. Like, yeah. you know, it's it very
0: Mr. Miyagi. Yes. Daniel's song. And, trade. and
2: if we finish cleaning, then we're going to take a swim in the pool and we're going to listen to pennies from heaven. Like, ah, what a young girl's dream. Yeah. To have a woman just like give you that much time and care and attention and not be so needy about it. You know, Let's talk about the fact that she was a college graduate cleaning people's houses. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, like, wanting
2: to write liner notes and not being able to get people to even write her a favorable letter back. Yeah, when they say unknown colored, we don't need uh,
1: articles from unknown colored women. Yeah, or unknown women of color. I, I don't. Even, I think it was more racist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure, sure
2: it was it. something pretty harsh, but also like having her sister read it instead of Whoopi reading it. You know and she that was, just was like, also yeah, I told th- you so, Phil. Mm-hmm. Like, and that okay. kind of put it under a certain uh, route where she was like, "Listen, whatever you think this letter says, however different you think it's going to be, here's how it always is. You gotta, yeah. you know." And and that's also showing. The humanity of her sister, and that she wants her to be realistic and live a certain life, and she's trying to get her to get with this black guy. Like, here, look, you guys would be good together. And he says something about liner notes, and it's like <laughs> an exact line that you know Whoopi hates. You know, like an exact review that she had read and was like, "This is terrible." And this guy's like, "I feel the same way." <laughs> you know, I think emotional awareness and intelligence is exactly like a good way to describe what she, how she is. She's yeah. the only
1: person that read it when when Molly's character is basically like inventing beatnik emo with those sunglasses, and she's like dead silent. Yes, she's the only one that notices. Like school is not a good environment for right. her. Right, this girl's not going to survive this. Kids, she was with that little red-headed demon.
2: Terrible kids <laughs> they were. Terrible, Jerks.
1: like kids are the worst.
2: Crayon Nazis. I mean, it, I
1: was going to ask, you know, because your experience of losing a parent. What, what, what is it? I mean, that feeling. Like, is you think there's a better time in life where you're more adjusted to lose a parent? You know what I mean? Like, is there such a thing as like a a good, a good time. time. A I don't, you
2: know, I don't know. And, you know, like on my podcast, I interview comedians who've grown up in less than two parent households. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them have like lost a parent through death or abandonment. And I grew up without both parents. I was a foster kid. I moved around a lot. I do think that kids are extremely resilient. Yeah. I think we have like at literally under 12 years of age. I feel like we can bounce back from things that adults just cannot. Mm-hmm. Like, right. you know, the trauma won't always hit us immediately. But I also think that like, you know, losing a parent forces you to parent yourself. Yeah. And sometimes, regardless of your age, your parents haven't given you those skills yet. Right. And it's evident here because of the type of person that Manny is and the type of environment that he created that Molly didn't have those skills. She, she had no emotional intelligence, no idea how to deal or even say, I'm angry. She didn't know how to identify that emotion until Karina came in and was like, it's okay to say how you feel. It's okay to say, I'm angry and I miss this person and hit this thing, you know, like she teaches her how to expel it. So I think that every kid, like where, you know, wherever you are, if if you lose a parent, it it really comes down to who who you have around you to teach you how to parent yourself or the skills you already have or, or how quickly you're going to pick up to the learning curve, right. you know?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I also think that like seeking help for me, when I was like 10, I was like, okay, I need, count, I need therapy. At 10, I knew that for sure because I just didn't have the skills to cope. And I went to therapy for a year, and after that, I was good for so long. I was like, okay, I have a grasp on this scenario. I don't have parents, but that's all right. You know, that doesn't have to feel like an alarm is going off all the time because it's like a, an absence of a security blanket. And I do think that a lot of people who grew up in two-parent households don't recognize the power that they have when they walk around every day knowing, like, well, these two people are not going to let anything happen to me. Like, well, push comes to shove. I can call them, text them. Maybe they'll find out I'm in jail through somebody else. Like, whatever it is, they're going to make sure that nothing happens to me. So when you don't have that security yeah. blanket, you have to stand up stronger. You have to stand up taller and take care of yourself, you know?
0: Yeah, like if you get kidnapped... Uh, in Europe, yes, and tra- and they're trying to sex traffic you. Yes, Liam Neeson isn't going to come he's save not,
2: you. He's not, You can't. You can't be Liam Neeson's uh, friend. like you can't be a friend of his daughter and then his daughter will call you like they took my friend come on you know she doesn't have parents he's gonna be like well there's something we can do like what do you she should have got parents you know
0: (laughs) that's right well that's her fault
2: are you okay
1: were you taken you know you don't even really realize it there's no way for me to wrap my head around that feeling i know I i can try to envision it but there's like nothing to do even if i don't talk to my parents for a month I yes them, like, I know that they're there Absolutely and If I have some really shitty shit going on I can mm-hmm. always talk to them Like you know Yeah Go right to them My mom's also in medicine So if I have anything, so you know, She's I'm ready to help right there Yeah Yo mom what's
0: this Yeah uh, These coping skills That's cool that you had a therapist When you were 10 That's like uh, Also yeah. a, a movie I want to make <laughs>
2: A about, therapy at 10. Uh, yeah, kid therapists. I remember I walked up to my teacher when I was in fifth grade and I was just like, Yeah, I need to talk to somebody. And she was like, About what? <laughs> she was like, What are you talking about? And I was like, I was like, I knew that I needed her to take me really seriously. So I was yeah. like, I'm going to say something really crazy and force her to acknowledge how harshly I'm saying this. And I was like, I need to talk to someone because I'm afraid that I'll hurt myself if I don't. Yeah. And she was like, oh, let me get the, pay. Let's, let's call someone, you know, like, right. it really forced her to be like, okay, you're not bullshitting. Let's get this done. And, you know, after that, I never had that feeling anymore. Like, I did what I had to do because I was at the end of my rope, right? Yeah. And at 10, I was like, this is going to get harder, probably. <laughs> I should sort this shit out. Your mind starts to emotionally process shit. Like, that, yeah. that's why the kids can bounce back. I think,
1: you know, you would ultimately think that losing a parent older, you know, but it's like, I think between the ages of like. You know, one and seven or eight, mm-hmm. you can, you'll bounce back pretty quickly. I think the, right. the more developed you become, the worse, you know, like your likelihood is your ability to process becomes too deep. Yeah. And then it just
0: scars you. But yeah, you needed a whoopee there to be like, um, hey, uh, ha- how many flavors of ice cream have you tasted
2: And I was going to be like, girl, (laughs) I don't even know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, we need to go to 31 Flavors and try.
2: Sort this out.
0: Yeah. Try all the flavor. You can't just live on chocolate and vanilla.
1: Mm -hmm. I really feel like there's
0: nobody else that could have
1: played that character. Like in my mind.
2: Also, like comedically, I felt like her timing was good. She was witty and snappy with Ray. Yeah. She kept him on his feet as an actor. You know, I just felt like she was all of the things.
0: She was great. Yeah, it made me actually uh, regret that uh, Whoopi has doesn't have a larger body of, mm. of work, especially in this era, like that that '90s era, yeah. because she was great in this. And like, I remember her. This was al- almost too late for me to watch her movies. Like, mm-hmm. I was watching her in like uh, Jumping Jack Flash and right. Burglar.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
0: So this was like, you know, and again, in 1994, like I didn't see it when it came out. I was watching Pulp Fiction.
2: Yeah. But... And Lion King.
0: Right. <laughs> Which, <laughs> uh Yes. Both at the same time on split screens. <laughs> but I would have loved, uh, now going back, I, I want to watch her during this era. Yeah. She also made Ghost.
1: Right. Yeah. Ghost is where, I mean, she was nominated for three Golden Globes. Yeah. But
0: I wasn't trying to watch a love story.
1: What did oh, Ghost? Dude, I mean, this was you weren't the target. Ghost the came right. out this before
2: this, Right. Yeah, Yeah. Ghost
1: came out in 90.
2: And I remember watching Ghost and still already liking Whoopi Goldberg, but not liking, I don't know, the concept of the movie as much because I was like, this is unrealistic, Whoopi. If my right. boyfriend gets shot, you're not going to help me just talk to him. Like, mm-hmm. we're not going to be
0: able to bring him, you know, like... And she's super magical in that movie. I know. <laughs> so it's everything we're oh, talking shit. about. I just didn't like
2: it. I was like, no, I want more realistic. And then when this movie came out, I was like, yes, I need Whoopi. You're my... I remember definitely thinking, like, she doesn't know, but she's my auntie. Like, she's my auntie now.
1: Her breakout role, I think, was in uh, The Color Purple. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um... Way before, like 84, I think. And then what else was she in? I'm trying to, Sister Act was like a huge hit, but I mean, again, yeah. her movies were never sort of, I was never the target. To Mid-90s, her late 90s. Thank you for reminding me of Sister Act. Mm. You're welcome. Classics. Yeah. Eddie was another one when she played a basketball coach.
2: Also, I like The Associate. You ever see that movie? No. So it's about her trying to start a company and nobody will, I don't know, give her any credit or whatever because she's not a white guy. So she, she's like, well, I have a partner. His name is something Cuddy. And so then she just pretends to be this white guy, her partner. I love it. And does
0: she put on whiteface? Yes. Yeah,
2: yes, she does. see Look at that. I'm going to make you guys buy all the Whoopi Goldberg movies. It's called <laughs> The Associate. Very good. She ends up getting a. So she's Whoopi Goldberg in a white man mask. Really? And she ends up getting a, a sexual harassment case from a lady that's like, I'm pregnant with this baby. <laughs> but it's Whoopi Goldberg. And she doesn't have a penis.
0: <laughs> oh, that's the be- that's the best one you know you can call their bluff.
2: Yes. It's it's a pretty funny movie. Oh my
0: god, I remember this. Yeah. Ugh, Donald Trump's in it.
2: Yeah, he is. There's <laughs> okay. a lot of business magnets in yeah. this movie. It's very New York City business.
0: I mean, that's the thing you need to do if you want to seed everyone's imagination. <laughs> To become president at some point is just cameo in all of their childhood classics. Get them in there. Like a Home Alone 2. Yeah. Like a Lost in New York. What is it? Yeah. Lost in New York? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was 2 or 3. but 2. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Jeez. What a nightmare. <laughs> Going back and watching these things and being triggered all over again. Yeah. yeah. And
2: realizing like you used to just ingest this and not even flinch.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, I, kind
1: of... I just like
0: forget about
1: him sometimes <laughs> uh, like when, I'm reminded, yeah. when I'm reminded I get pissed off immediately <laughs> so it's like oh yeah that's right that did happen. that's still going on
0: um I loved the uh, uh, all of Karina's family I love the dinner scenes that they had so together. so great Percy. the kids Percy dude I want the spin-off oh,
2: is that Faison mm. Percy was Faison yeah
0: wow no so way. he's he's like a famous uh, comedian now
2: uh, not, not that guy. Faison from, uh... Donald
0: Faison
1: you're talking yes. about. Yes. Uh, from Scrubs. I don't yes, think it's him. Because I think Scrubs. he was too old in 94 to do no? that. No? He was in Clueless like a year later and he was in straight up high school.
2: Man, I don't know why I thought that his kid was is, that kid. His
0: name is Curtis Williams. Yeah, that's... that's Dang! It. And he was in Beverly Hills Cop 3. Yeah, he was. Parenthood. And, uh, a bunch of other stuff. The great thing about him is he's... You know that kid's not acting at all. That's just yeah, like, his Yeah, he's chilling. Yeah, he's, he's just, chilling. He's doing his thing. Yeah like. That's I I, I watched it, and I was like, around. man, I hope nothing bad happened to you.
2: Right? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're doing okay. Yeah.
0: Yo, child acting. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rocky road, baby. It's rough. Road, oh, baby. Man, it's rough. This
2: Hollywood. It's right? a brothel,
1: a cocaine brothel.
0: Yeah, I was like, I hope you have parents that love and support you and keep, <laughs> keep you off of those casting couches.
2: And I thought Whoopi had uh, such great timing with the kids, too, like comedically. Yeah. She was great at, like, disciplining them and still, like, being that warm, soft- figure and they were
0: so fun man those kids were fun it was like i want to go eat dinner if i was a kid that's the family that i would have wanted to go and have dinner with
2: and i even liked that molly was naive to having black friends yes and that she crossed the boundary by saying like do you taste like chocolate do you taste like vanilla i don't know (laughs) and then eventually she she ends up finding about out out about the n-word yeah and she calls her friend the n-word in a way that she's like I love you. <laughs> yeah. You're my nigga. <laughs> right, that was, yeah. And then the girl's like, How could you say that? And I was just like, even as a young girl, I was like, I love this. You know, like I yeah. love that they don't agree. Yeah. And then in a in a minute she recognizes obviously she she can't communicate it, but she recognizes that Molly didn't have malice. And right. that she had said something ignorant yeah. because she was ignorant. And so then she immediately defends her. She's like, She's my friend. Like, don't talk about Molly because she said that terrible thing to me just now. Right. Yeah. This is my friend and she's fine, you know? She 360s that shit very quickly. Mm-hmm. She was like, You're not my best friend anymore. Like, how could you say that? And <laughs> someone else
1: gets
0: in on it. And he's like,
2: she's like, I think somebody else calls her a honky
1: and she's like,
2: honky. Face. Yeah. <laughs> shit. they, they
0: whenever. are ready. They are ready. They got their fingers on the trigger with that. And no, like, And this is like in more... the middle
2: of like a choir practice. <laughs> right. I'm like, where's the teacher? <laughs> I feel
1: like the point of that was to show that like racism isn't inherent. Like mm-hmm. You don't, you know what I mean? Like you don't see
2: that you're like, taught,
1: you're taught it. Like it's and said, it's also said to you at, at, at an early age
2: and also part of it can be naivete like you can Absolutely. be actively racist and not know, you know it, it. That's you, right. you can be waking up every day doing racist things holding prejudices and not being like but i really am racist and i love it you know <laughs> like you could just not know that's sure. right that's right well we uh, like so i went up to uh, uh westfield massachusetts this
0: weekend to do a, a bunch of shows with and i was with samir and uh Uh, Dylan Stevenson. Mm -hmm. So we're like up there and the entire audience is like white and most of the audience. But what happened was uh, the staff who brought us were super excited. We were there, but they were like, ah, it's Trump country. Like they were nervous about like, let's just
2: let you know what it is. So you don't say anything too crazy. Yeah. And what, what I, what, in my
0: uh, opinion, like everyone was really excited about the show and they Mm -hmm. loved seeing all of us and, for some of the people up there, I think it might have been the first time that they'd ever had like a black man, a latino and a and a Muslim uh from India, yeah do stand up in front of them mm-hmm. and like just be humans, right, so not be
2: characters of what culture they think they represent,
0: exactly, mm-hmm. and so that was you know uh I don't know like no one was racist towards me right but I would say or or any of us, yeah, but I would say like well, you know. Uh, the prejudice on the end of the staff was that these were, like, Trump-supporting mm-hmm. uh, white supremacists. Yeah. Which they... Could have been. Could have been, but um, hopefully after after hanging out with us for a while, you know, we, we changed some yeah. some minds. They're we like, softened some hearts.
2: They're like, some of them do comedy. Yeah. That seems all
0: right. <laughs> yeah, these guys, they're fine.
2: They're just making us laugh.
0: They're joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, they, they also have problems in their relationships.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Seems like sometimes they struggle with money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> money, girlfriends, all that uh, stuff, you know, ev- everything.
2: And how do how do you guys like um, how? Manny's mom and his coworkers are trying to hook him up with this this divorcee that has two young boys that she cannot control.
0: No, who are weird and weird. Like tie
2: each
1: other up to trees. She was weird she too, was weird. right? Yeah, I was gonna say that's not that's no surprise that her kids are
0: whack jobs. Yeah, yeah. showing
2: up at his house singing songs and stuff. Come on, join in! And they're all sitting there like, what is? What are mm-hmm. we doing? Well, they're maybe becoming weird, a
0: separate... widow uh, breaks your you... brain.
2: Hey, I could see it.
0: <laughs> I think it. Yeah. She, and
2: she worked, I mean this yeah. takes place in 1959 the early 60s imagine the desperation for a woman with two kids with two kids yeah. living in outside of Hollywood outside of LA I'm being like I gotta get a man in here
1: definitely some Mad Men parallels mm-hmm. in this one I can see where they got some of their subject matters mm-hmm. I feel like that happens to January Jones when she gets remarried or something like, I don't know completely yeah. different
2: but I like that it showed but... a side of Manny that was I don't know how to just to define it, but it was more so that he was not willing to live in faux, like to live in a fake reality. He was like, "I can't pretend to like this lady. I don't I like feel this like lady." That's,
1: that's emotional intelligence. Though. Yeah,
2: that's and it. and, it. it's and it's almost sure it like right. he had to mess it up once to recognize, like, no, I can't even go down this path with this woman. Like it's, I mean, and he it's... ends up kind of like violently telling her, like, "No, oh, yeah. I like, get out of he here." Like he breaks, yeah, he breaks something, <laughs> and she's immediately like. All right, then. I will go. You know? It's It's the the
0: opposite of the Henry Hill. Uh, mm-hmm. Violence to woo the woman Yes This is the uh, Violence to completely Get out of here I'm he's crazy like, like do you want me to yeah. fix this He goes
1: please
2: no I just smash yeah, it Yeah cause, cause he tells her no And she's like no just let me And he's like no I really And you could see He just goes from zero to a hundred And it's like This woman doesn't even listen to me mm-hmm. I can't even communicate with her
0: He had to send a strong message Let's kind smash of like everything When you had to send a strong message To your teacher To get that counselor
2: Absolutely Hey You need to take this seriously <laughs> I mean the wedding
0: biting- <laughs> The writing was on the wall when she kind of uh, gets cock-blocked by
1: Molly for a second and then yells at her.
2: Oh, yes. And I love that Molly was so worried about them smoking and their health. Like, she was, you know, exhibiting the average I care about my family mentality. And they're like, this girl's acting crazy. She's hiding her cigarettes. And she's like, I just lost my mom. Like, she never says it. But it's part of the fear. She's like, I'm afraid of losing you guys. I'm afraid that you're not taking care of yourself. I could lose you whatever whatever and so she does what she has to do to steal cigarettes and honestly in a black household you might not survive that you know like you can't just steal a bunch of cigarettes from anybody like cartons yes like that's a lot of money you know so yeah, I, I really I really liked that she was like, well, I got to protect my family. <laughs> so I got to hide these cigarettes. I like that a lot, yeah. And she's watching Karina and her dad just kind of naturally fall in love. Like, I like the the arc of their love story of them connecting on things and spending very intimate time together. They're not going on big, lavish dates. They're not, you know, there's no no real super romantic setup. It's just them talking and connecting intellectually. And for me as a young girl the racial divide was very dim. Like, I didn't really recognize that much as a child that it was a black woman and a white guy. I really didn't recognize it that much because I just thought, well, they just seem to like each other, you know? They just seem well-suited, well-matched. This is a cute family, you know? But then as I got older and really started to take it in more, I was like, you know, that was really crazy. Like, it was unheard of, I'm sure, in that neighborhood. Imagine them living in a house together and coexisting in that neighborhood with this obviously white child like that's in you never hear that yeah it never happens
0: Um, i was like they're gonna have to move yeah like i don't know where they're
2: gonna move detroit or something like far (laughs) far 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 from this part of la you know yeah
0: because la is crazy racist and it's uh you know i mean the police force was all brought in from the south they were all like good southern boys that were recruited to come work there and clansmen yeah, they were all like former Klansmen, <laughs> paid, or like paid,
1: practicing once. Klansmen. <laughs> right? No, they were actually shipped in. We talked about this at one point. I think. Uh, yeah. It's so
0: it's like the linear, wrong, evil, uh, uh, wrong city to like try to be progressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, maybe maybe they moved to San Francisco. Who knows? Move somewhere. Yeah, they got to go.
2: I mean, the neighbors were spying on them.
0: Just not even clipping. Just loudly. What are y'all doing? Miming, mime clipping the bushes (laughs) and scowling. Just in
2: in their windows even. And I like the conversation where Manny has to defend Karina being in his life to his mom. And saying like, hey, she's great for Molly. Look at your daughter. Look at your granddaughter. Look how alive she is. How happy and healthy she is. She literally was mute. Yeah. However, long ago, before Karina came in her life, now, like, look what she's invigorated in our whole family. And I just like that he had to defend it w- without saying, well, I, you know, she's pretty, you know? Right. I like her dress, you know? He was like, no, this woman has changed our lives for the better. If you love me and you love us, you should be happy. Yeah. She plays piano. She writes. It's great all She
1: around. uses words. got baby. got. Yeah. It's all it takes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and for his character, like, having that type of job, that type of woman is ideal.
1: I'm pretty sure that he was Herman
2: Hesch. <laughs> <laughs> that's who they based Herman Hesch's character. Yeah. is how they got it. Yeah, that's yeah, fun. Jingle writer.
0: That's fun. <laughs> I was thinking more they, they'd be a team, like uh, Uncle Jesse and Uncle Joey. Yes. From Full House.
1: I got less of a romance with them two, mm-hmm. and I feel like they just kind of threw it on you at the end. They're, like, They're together. Surprise. Yeah. Like, here you go. It's like, okay. Like, I could see them being, like, I don't know better friends than they did lovers. I didn't get that vibe, but I feel like they added that in. It's almost like an afterthought part mm-hmm. of the movie to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like when you connect with somebody on that level, then that's the best foundation there is for it anyway, so you might yeah. as well give it a shot. Um, I don't know how much... Fl- uh, yeah. I feel like they tried to... The dad was the like, more forgiving one than he passed, and then the mom yeah. had her issues,
2: but she got over it. And, and I remember uh, Molly telling uh, the grandfather who's like, half-deaf, <laughs> she was telling him, like, make sure that, you know, daddy ends up with Karina, okay? And he looks around, and you can see him internalize his whole life as a Jewish man and what he <laughs> knows about the world, and the fact that his daughter is asking to help his son fall in love with his black housekeeper... <laughs> And he's like, he just nods at her, like, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll figure it out. I'm gonna make sure they end up together, you know. It'll be fu- Don't you worry, you know, it'll be fine.
0: Yes, yeah. He was great. Yeah, and, he was uh, great. I, uh, so let's, let's wrap this up, everybody. Closing thoughts. Final thoughts on Karina Karina.
2: Whoopi Goldberg is amazing. Ray Liotta could get it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, being emotionally intelligent isn't something that we're always born with, and sometimes you have to go seek help and surround yourself around people that can help you take better care of yourself. So, shout out to that.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of on the same page. I think it was a really well acted film with a good message, um, and you know, definitely worth watching. It's one of those movies that again, I would never have ever seen this movie without someone suggesting and recommending. And so, I appreciate that. Um yeah. it's a good, it's a good one to watch with the family. It's a good family movie.
0: Oh, yeah. I watched it with an orphan.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: cool. And uh, Amber loved it. I liked it. I yeah. li- you know, I was like, hell yeah, I own this now. I, I'll watch it again yeah. probably in a couple of years. And I uh, I could see them remaking it. I mean, not to take anything away from Ray and Whoopi. They were great in this. Yeah. But uh, they could remake this as a contemporary movie. And I'd, I'd love to see like a Jamaican nanny. Oh yeah. You know, or uh like a Salvadorian nanny.
1: Yeah. now because an undergraduate degree is actually worthless. So,
2: <laughs> so she really needs that job. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter about segregation. She's like yeah,
1: she has a masters and she's
0: cleaning apartments in New York City. <laughs> no, like this
2: seems normal. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, right on You get it. And uh and things that I in one one thing I wanted to see more of uh was more Percy. This movie yes. could use more I I I would watch a spin-off movie that's just following uh, Karina's cool. family's household. I feel like they made one called The Clumps. <laughs>
2: it's That's,
0: similar. It reminded me exactly of that. Yeah. Like The Clumps sort similar, of did that. Yeah. it. actually
1: reminded me of Eddie Murphy's character. I can't remember whether it was Raw or Delirious, but like when he's doing stand-up in the very beginning when mm, he's like 10 he's years like, old. He's like, I got
2: ice cream. I got, the got the ice heart, cream. Like the, the yeah. The oh,
1: platform. yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. That's who Percy reminded me of. Yeah. I think so, I want to go back they were very
2: vibrant was, characters. Was it
1: Delirious or Raw? Which one was that? I think that was
2: Delirious. I think so, too. I don't know. Well... You can uh, you can
0: you can add us on our Instagram page if you know the answer. Please let us know. Uh, and also correct us on Twitter, Instagram. You know, fact check us. Tell us when we're wrong. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. It happens all the time. We, it, it, we, <laughs> honestly, I I could care less. Yeah. <laughs> so once you say
2: it, you said it, right? yeah. yeah, it's Fucking been
0: said. Deal with it. <laughs> we're not editing anything. Deal with it. Yep. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, tell us where you, where we can find you, Chanel.
2: Uh, you guys can go to my website, ChanelAli.com, dot com, for all of my upcoming shows and projects. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at chanel underscore underscore ali. That's Chanel like the perfume, two underscores mm-hmm. ali like Muhammad. Love it, Sammy. You got anything you want to plug?
1: No, man. Just keep uh, keep listening and uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Find us at Eat Pray Judge on Instagram at Eat Pray, Judge on Twitter. Uh, Facebook.
0: Hey, this is Gabe Pacheco, and I am at GabePacheco.com. Also, I just put out an album on 800-pound Gorilla Records, and the album is called Risky Behavior. So go and do yourselves a favor, download that, or listen to it on Pandora. You can also buy it on Amazon or iTunes. All right, everybody, this has been another episode of Eat, Pray, Judge. Thank you so much. We love you. Please uh, leave us a rating and (laughs) a review.
2: Neath the black, sky looks dead. Call my name through the dream,
0: and I'll hear you scream again. Black hole, sun, won't you come?